This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Hope you're doing good and well. Joining you at 8 a.m. every single morning to bring you all the latest Arsenal news and breakdowns, as well as information that confirms Arsenal have made their second number two, second number two, no, just second signing of the summer, their number two signing of the summer. Uh, Matt Turner, of course, being number one. And we're going to bring you some more details about who number two exactly is, if you don't know already. But without further ado, let's go into the chat box and say good morning to everybody. Good morning to Matt G, to Jose, to Rahil, to Kieran, Paul, Guna, uh, 0411, Bufatsu, Blackie. Good morning to you, Alpha, Lynn, Luke, Blackshine. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing good and well. Anthony, AFC West Mids, Kevin. Colin, Julian, Anthony, Adam as well. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've now, you know, kind of calmed and maybe reflected um, upon what will hopefully um, be a still strong end to the season. No, Jose, second signing because Trusty was signed in January um, and, you know, it will be... Uh, they were loaned back, uh, as far as I'm aware, to the summer. So second signing it is. Uh, let's, anyway, move forwards with the news. And we kick off by telling you that uh, the friendly game that was supposed to take place today between Farnborough and Arsenal's under-23s has been cancelled. Um, this, uh, obviously, the under-23s season has finished. The PL2 campaign finished a couple of weeks ago, if not last week, I believe. Um, and they obviously have got friendly games going on to keep the youth players fit until the end of the, the senior season. And uh, interestingly, they have cancelled their under-23s game that was supposed to take place today, this or yesterday evening. This is basically because I think we can all uh, understand uh, that this was definitely because the youth side um, that is in the team um, could be needed for the game on Monday. Players like Omar Rekic, players like... Uh, Amari Hutchinson, players like Zach Swanson, Alex Kirk, players that have been on the bench significantly because of Arsenal's injury crisis. We can't afford to risk our youth team players now getting injured and being fully fit and available for the game on Monday should we need them. It's not good news. It's not a good sign. It shows you kind of how much of a worry there possibly is about both Gabriel and Ben White's fitness. And, you know, whatever happens on Monday... It might be that we have a plenty of youth players, at least on the bench, maybe even with one in the first team squads. We'll have to wait and see what indeed does end up happening. Now, the reason why I'm including this is because in yesterday's show, we went into quite a little bit of detail about Cedric's penalty, um, in which I said, and I held my hands up as, as honest as I thought I could be, 
and uh, said that I felt that it wasn't a penalty um, and that, you know, that I'm not surprised it was given. However, just 24 hours later um, in the playoff game between Luton and Huddersfield, this incident happens just 10 seconds into the game. Huddersfield on the attack, ball is crossed on the right-hand side into the box. Luton player goes into the back of a Huddersfield player and he goes down in exactly the same kind of fashion as uh, Cedric did. You can probably see it better with this image here at the bottom. You You can see not going for the ball, pushing the back, player goes down, nothing given. And look, whilst I can sit here yesterday and say that I thought it was a penalty, it is this lack of consistency. It is this lack of the correct decision-making being given that creates this facade and this fiasco of officiating in England. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that these decisions are not being assessed on a consistent basis and are not being given on a consistent basis. And it's what we've come to expect from officiating in England. It's dreadful. It is absolutely awful. And we know that. And yet the best um, league and you know footballing country, supposedly, in the world cannot have legitimate, consistent, quality officiating is a joke. And, you know, it's... It's so, I, I mean, the, the Liverpool example of Emerson on Jota as well is very similar to this, wasn't given. The inconsistency is a joke. And yet we've seen an example 24 hours later and it's not given. This is what it is. Anyway, Eddie and Ketia uh, moving on to more transfer news. Uh, Arsenal are growing more confident that they might be able to keep Eddie and Ketia at the club after his string of starts for Arsenal. There is a hope that uh, this will convince him to sign a brand new contract, how this will affect Arsenal's transfer plans in the summer. We honestly don't know. But for me, if this happens and we still are looking to sign forwards, we still should be looking to sign the same amount of forwards and we should be looking to send Balogun on a full season loan, hopefully to a Premier League team next season. So that's the situation right now. Um, This is where we're at with this. Um, And that Nketiah could be remaining with the club. West Ham and Crystal Palace are very much interested in still signing him. There's been a lot of interest from Germany, but the starts at striker may have convinced him that uh, his future still remains with Arsenal. We'll have to wait and see what happens on this deal, but uh, it's got the potential to see Nketiah remain with Arsenal for the foreseeable future. Now, Paolo Dybala, uh, we have a very interesting link yesterday. Supposedly, if Arsenal qualify for the Champions League, he will sign for Arsenal, according to Italian media, who reported yesterday that all it takes is Arsenal to qualify for the Champions League. And this deal will happen, that he won't go to Inter Milan, and that, in fact, he will choose Arsenal instead. It seems like a deal with Inter Milan was pretty much done and dusted. However... Uh, the latest information out of Italy suggests that this is not the case and that all it takes is for Arsenal to qualify for the Champions League and he will choose to join the Gunners instead of Inter Milan. I've always been open to seeing Paolo Dybala join Arsenal. I've said this a number of times since we've discussed him. I think his age and his experience would be a really good addition to the team. I think that that kind of profile of player that's you know won things, that's played at the top, top level for a number of years, that's versatile, that's free in terms of transfer fee, doesn't cost us anything, costs us significantly in terms of wages, of course. But Dybala would add plenty to the attacking line. I think you can play him at striker, you can play him on the right-hand side. You know, he's only just turned, I think, what, 28? 
So um, I think he turns 29, is it early next year or later this year? So he's not a player that is too old, if you like, because this is a ridiculous process that we talk about because we need to balance the squad. We need to add some experience to the team. And if you are, a player of Dybala's quality is definitely going to upgrade upon what you've already got. Uh, Milin says, Dybala is definitely an upgrade over Odegaards. They don't play the same position. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure why it would be a case of upgrading on Odegaards when Odegaard playing in the number eight role. Dybala would be playing in the number nine or maybe slightly off of centre on the right-hand side or even the left-hand side if we wanted to, or maybe even as a double striking pivot if we wanted to use that possible option. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, according to David Ornstein, remains at the top of Arsenal's transfer targets. There was even rumours yesterday that a deal would be done if Arsenal didn't qualify for the Champions League. That is a you know a good safety net to have, I suppose, if we don't qualify, that there's still hope we can sign Gabriel Jesus. Um, but with Manchester City reluctant to see him leave after his upturn in form of late, Arsenal said still to be fairly confident about a deal for Gabriel Jesus, which is very good news for us. But it's a deal that will cost more than I think we first imagined with the figures rising to over £40 million in some circumstances, according to some reports. I think he's worth around £40 million. I'd be fine with paying that amount of money for him. I think it'd be a great addition to the team. If you saw me that Debala and Jesus were joining, I think that's two quality additions to the forward line for next season. But let's wait and see what happens to the club. And our headline story of the day is that Marquinhos of Sao Paulo will join Arsenal as a deal has been agreed between <coughs> Sao Paulo and Arsenal. Um, €3.5 million Euros is what it's taking £3 million to bring Marquinhos to the club. He's not a player I know anything about. 19 years of age, right winger, um, can play, I think, centrally as well, but maybe just more so on the right-hand side. Can play on the left-hand side, has done a couple of times. I'm looking at this season, 21-22. One goal uh, in nine uh, Paulista A1 matches. As I only 19 years of age, one assist as well. One goal in two Paulista uh, Fasse final games and two uh, Copa Sudamerica games with one goal there as well. So three goals, one assist across 15 appearances. That's only 444 minutes of football. So if we just break that down quickly, that's a goal contribution every 444. Four, four. Oh, I should be able to do that in my head. That's 111. <laughs> so four goal contributions every 111 minutes of football for him so far in 21 22. Not a bad return for a 19-year-old winger playing for, you know, one of the biggest Brazilian sides that there is um, in Sao Paulo. So uh, an interesting addition. I imagine this is one of those signings that will see him go on loan next season. I'd be surprised to see him part of the, you know, the English national side, the English national side, the Arsenal side, because he's not played for the Brazilian national side. He's played for the under-16s and he's played for the under-17s. Because he hasn't played for the senior sides, I'm not sure about how work permit situations work out. I don't know if that's going to be a problem for this deal. But Marquinhos looks to be a player that will you know, join Arsenal. And then I'd imagine my prediction would be is that he will go out on loan maybe to somewhere like Spain or Italy or the Netherlands next season. Um, but he's a left-footed right winger. And uh, apparently, according to Paul, plays something like Rafinha. We will, of course, endeavour to get you a tactical breakdown on him um, close to the time of his uh, deal being announced. But uh, we'll wait and see. But it's the type of move that we want to see Arsenal making, you know, looking into the Brazilian leagues, looking at possible talent. Um, there was I saw someone reporting that they felt that he was worth seven times the amount we've paid for him. 
It's only because he could have cancelled his contract in July for free that Arsenal have managed to get him for as cheap as they have. So he is highly rated. He is a player that they think highly of. Um, and that Arsenal seem to have got a very good deal for and have kind of got ahead of the pack in terms of agreeing a deal. So a good move for him. If you remember, Arsenal were linked with Savio, who's now joined, or Savinho, who's now joined Manchester City's football group and will join Trois in the French League, maybe even go on loan to the Netherlands. Arsenal wanted him. They've been looking at some young players in Brazil and it seems that Marquinhos is the next one that we're getting after, of course, we brought in Gabriel Martinelli back in 2019. And you know how that's worked out very, very well indeed. So let's hope that we can see a similar pathway for Marquinhos into the first team. Very interesting news. And that does complete all of today's stories, which means we're going to move on to your questions in the chat box. So if you have any questions you'd like to throw in, now's the time to do so as we take this short break. Okay, then let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are having a discussion about. Lynn says, Arteta at his press conference did the same as Klopp coming out and criticizing Paul Tierney. We are asking for less mistakes from Arteta and our players, but Tierney can keep making these mistakes. It's not good. There is no accountability for officiate, uh, officiating at all, Lynn. You know, officials go through a season making mistakes and nothing happens. Nothing's talked about. There's no kind of league table. There's no relegation to the championship if they make too many mistakes throughout the course of a season. They just get off scot-free. You know, there's no accountability. If there's no accountability, then how on earth are we ever going to see an improvement in the standard of officiating? The answer is we're not. Until they start making better decisions, we're not going to see that improvement in the officials. Helia says, uh, have anyone asked the question, why should Manchester City sell Jesus? Having a lone striker in Haaland is not enough through a long season with more games than last season. The The answer to the question is that Jesus would be the one to be more keen about moving on. Haaland is quite similar to a number of Man City players like De Bruyne, for instance, who, despite the rotational policy that Manchester City have, will play almost all of them. You also have to remember that Julian Alvarez has been already signed by Manchester City from Argentina. He's not the only striker that's coming in during the summer. Young, I think, what, 21, 22 years of age, Argentinian forwards. Is he Argentinian? Julian Alvarez? I think he is. Um, but he's not the only, you know, Haaland's not the only striker that they've signed. 22-year-old um, striker. Is he already in Argentina? Full international? Uh, he is. He's got seven caps for the national side already. So uh, I think maybe you forgot about Alvarez. And I'm not surprised because Haaland's kind of taken over the... Uh, uh, the, the whole focus of, of the striking department of Manchester City. So that's why. Uh, Rich says, Tom, what's Dybala's attitude? Likewise, I'm concerned about his wage. Well, he's captained Juventus a number of times. He's got that leadership quality in his game as well. So I think that I have never heard any issues with his attitude. Um, Juventus have been trying to tie him down for some time, but he's been reluctant to do so because he's been hard done by at Juventus. You know, he was the main man and then they signed Ronaldo. And since Ronaldo left, they went inside Dusan Vlaovic. He's never really been able to grab hold of that number nine spot for himself as much as he'd want because Juventus have never really given him the room to be able to do that. So let's see what happens with Dybala. Um, But he's not someone I don't think Arsenal fans should be turning their nose up at, that's for sure, especially considering the players that we've had over the course of several seasons. We need to be looking at trying to add improvement and quality and experience in certain positions. And I think that the striker position, if we get two players, one of them being Dybala, 
is very, very good for the club for us to move forwards. Mohamdim says, as a foreign-based fan, I wonder why Spurs are treated so well by UK pundits in the media. Are they a lot of people's second team there? Was there a past event that ended them to or endeared them to the public? Now, this is nicely feeds on to something I want to discuss. If you haven't already seen it, Martin Keown spoke on TalkSport yesterday to Jim White about the commentary of the game by Sky Sports with Gary uh, Neville and Martin Tyler. He believed that the commentary and the coverage was very pro-Spurs. Now, it is my belief the Spurs are a bit of a media darling, if you like, um, and are certainly looked upon more favourably than Arsenal are. I think that Keown was spot on in regards to his criticism of the the, uh, the coverage. Arsenal's fouls, the player, like moments that really went against Arsenal weren't highlighted, whereas any anything that Arsenal did was meticulously looked over. Look, for the benefit of the TV and the broadcasting, it is more beneficial that Arsenal lost this game because it means that the top four race continues. It means there's more viewing figures for the final four games of the two teams for the rest of the season. So for that reason, they're going to be buzzing at this fact and they're going to want this race to go down to the final game of the season because it makes for better viewing and more viewership for them. But Spurs in general are just seemingly more liked than Arsenal ever have been. Arsenal have always been a team on the end of the buck of plenty jokes. Um, it's just the way that it's always been. What the reason is, I don't really know. Just Arsenal aren't particularly liked um, for some reason. Um, let's go to Adam says, isn't it too much of the same profile to get Dybala and Jesus? I was hoping to get more of a dominant figure um, to alternate. Adam, you, you raise a fair point. You know, I wanted to see Arsenal move for a kind of more um, rigid styled number nine with the aerial ability, the heading ability, the physical presence in the box. Arguably, yes, uh, it is too similar. That said, you know, whilst I'm happy to see one of those number nines that gives a bit more aerial presence, do I want to see Arsenal move down a route of playing a football style that relies on crosses into the box and aerial balls into the box, Manchester City and Liverpool? have been very successful, you know, without that type of forward. Do we need that type of forward? I know Man City are bringing in Haaland now, and that changes the way they're going to play, but it is because it's Haaland, you know, he's one of those generational talents up there with Mbappe as one of the best two young players coming through to lead the next generation of footballers after Messi and Ronaldo. So it's, it's understandable why they would go for him. But from an Arsenal point of view, you know, they've seen player, teams like Liverpool and Man City succeed massively without those classic number nines. So maybe Arsenal don't necessarily need to go for one of those. But I'm not against Arsenal going for one of those. And to be honest, the players that I like, like Patrick Schick, certainly do fit that mould of a more natural, stylistic number nine, if that makes sense. Uh, Footy Home says, would you like to see Nketiah on a new deal? It's dependent upon what we do. If you said to me that if Nketiah signs a new deal, we can only sign one striker in the summer, I'd be like, no, I think we should look to upgrade. But if you told me that he's signing a new contract... Balogun's going to go on loan to a Premier League side for the season and we're going to sign two forwards. I'm like, sure, you know, because we're adding the depth. We need the depth. We need to have that extra kind of competition for places in the squad going into next season. So, yeah, I, I without a shadow of a doubt, um, would be open to Nketiah staying if it did not affect the number of strikers that we brought in. But if it is going to affect that, then obviously I'm going to be slightly against it. Um, uh, I speak Wales says, uh, why isn't Gary Neville sacrificed in front of the Burkham statue? Jesus, that's dark. Probably because that would be murder. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be a little bit grounded with our views on that. You know, Gary Neville, whilst I have been critical 
of a lot of his views, um, you know, has actually come up with some very good punditry um, and has been one of the better pundits, in my view, across, you know, the last 10 or so years. Not a great manager, as we know. Um, but what we do know is that, you know, he's been a, one of the better pundits. He's definitely elevated, in my view, the level of punditry, but just doesn't seem to be all that keen this year on Arsenal. Um, he has been very complimentary of Arsenal in the past. He's talked about the times he said, if Man's, Man United aren't going to win the league, he'd want it to be Arsenal that won it. So, you know, I think it's this season and how poor Man United have been, and how much better Arsenal have been than maybe he and a lot of other people have expected. It's very difficult. It's very um, frustrating, I think, for them to be wrong. Uh, and that's certainly where they have been regarding Arsenal. Freddie says, you seem more calm after yesterday. I am more calm because, you know, Freddie, I put things into perspective pretty quickly. Um, I was angry yesterday. I was angry with the decision-making of Cedric and Holding. I was angry with the inconsistencies of the officiating. I was angry with how easily we gave up the game and how much hope I had for the game. But, you know, I contextualise things. I, compa- I compartmentalise things. We've got to win our next two games and we've done it. You know, we beat Newcastle. We beat Everton, I think 14th and 16th, is it, in the table. We win those two games and we're in the Champions League. If Arsenal can't beat the 14th and the 16th place teams in the league, do we deserve to be Champions League next season? Arguably, no. Yes, there's context around that, the injuries in particular, but we should be able to beat these teams. We should beat these teams. So I hope that we can do that. Um, I really do hope that we can do that. Um, Manu says it's my birthday today. Could we get a win this weekend for that? Manu, happy birthday, mate. I'm sure the chat box will wish you well. Um, and sorry that I couldn't uh, add your video to the uh, the blog the other day because it was sent on Twitter and I can't save videos on Twitter, annoyingly. Um, but thank you. Uh, really appreciate that and uh, and have a fantastic day as well. Kaz says, I would like Arsenal to go for a target man up front. And if we don't get Champions League football and Dybala doesn't join, I would look to go and get Calvert-Lewin or Gakpo. Um, Calvert-Lewin is just a big no from me. Um, I think his season this year has highlighted that Consistency-wise, uh, application-wise, it's not necessarily all there. Um, and I've been a bit disappointed with that, to be honest. Gakpo, I'm all for. Go and get Gakpo all day long. Very happy to see him sign for Arsenal. Adam says, I would be okay with... Um, why can't I think who PK is? If it was something... Um, uh, penalty kick. I'll be okay with the penalty if it was something the referees said at the beginning of the season they were going to be cracking down on. Don't you think it's about setting a precedent? It's about communication. You know, we get no communication. We get no explanation from the officials. Nothing. You know, and that's something that needs to be improved. Officials are untouchable. And when you have something that's untouchable and beyond criticism, you're never going to see improvement. You're only going to see mistakes. You're only going to see an account, a lack of accountability that leads to more errors in the game. And until they start to communicate their decision-making, this is what we can expect. This is what we're always going to expect. And it's a real frustration. Um, anyway, that wraps up today's show. Sorry for the slightly shorter one, but I've got a lot on today. Um, if there is any more big stuff that drops, because I am off, I am going to be able to react to it. So I'll make sure I try and do that. I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. You've made it to the weekend. Um, and, you know, we've got the FA Cup final. Fingers crossed for a Liverpool win. I know it's horrible to be back in Liverpool, but we don't want Chelsea winning it. That's for sure. Um, and then tomorrow, there's a huge game between Burnley and Spurs, and we've got to really hope that Burnley can do us a favour. I'm not sure that they will. I'm not confident they will, but who knows? Weirder and stranger things have happened. Drop a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and keep up to date with all the latest Arsenal news on the channel. I'll see you soon, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. 
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.